630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. All right, if you missed the breaking news in the last hour, Oilers forward Zach Cassian gets a seven-game suspension for the kick to the Lightning's Eric Chernak last night. So Cassian will miss these games tomorrow at Florida. Sunday at Carolina, Wednesday versus Boston, next Friday versus Minnesota, and then a road trip, 23rd in L.A., 25th at Anaheim, 26th at Vegas. He comes back on the 29th home game against the Winnipeg Jets. Seven games for Zach Cassian. NHL tonight in the third period. All these games are in the third period. In fact, the Jets are up 2-1 on the Sharks. The Jets can jump back into a playoff position with a win tonight. Penguins lead the Canadians 3-1. Zucker, freshly acquired by the Penguins, has two goals. Rangers and Blue Jackets 1-1. Hurricanes up 4-1 on the Devils. Western Hockey League tonight just getting underway at Rogers Place. The Regina Pats and uh, the Edmonton Oil Kings are about two minutes into the game. No scoring to report there. Uh, Bruce Boudreau fired by the Minnesota Wild, even though they have gone 7-3-1 in their last assistant games. Assistant coach Dean Evason takes over behind the bench. Oh, yeah, and for the Oilers, Marcus Granlund called up from Bakersfield. Connor McDavid officially put on injured reserve retroactive to February 9th. So there are some of the nuts and bolts. Oh, i got to mention this as well. This is very important and really trumps everything. Um, Jay Bowmeister had surgery today to insert a defibrillator to restore his heart's normal rhythm. Of course, the Edmonton native collapsed on the bench in Anaheim earlier this week. Blues general manager Doug Armstrong said the procedure was performed at the UC Irvine Medical Center. He's going to be monitored by a team of specialists until he's cleared to return to uh, St. Louis. Obviously, Bo Meester, I mean, this this uh, sadly could be it for his career. He's getting some medical help there, though, and, uh, and I think he's going to be uh, okay otherwise. Uh, and, uh, more important than hockey, for sure. Reed Wilkins with you going into the family day long weekend. Oilers broadcasts tomorrow and Sunday, 1230 faceoff shows, 2 o'clock game starts. And some news in the football world as well, not just with CFL free agency, but Tom Higgins coming back to Edmonton as the defensive coordinator for the U of A Golden Bears. And Tom, that means you're coming back on 630 Chad as well. How are you doing, sir? <laughs> I am excellent, uh, Reed. Thank you. You know, uh, I, I I know you worked in football and continue to work in football, but I, I know you've been hearing all the talk about Cassie in here, and, and you worked in the league office with officiating and, and disciplining players. And uh, I, I'm just wondering if you can take us into that world for a little bit, trying to find that standard and, and look at officiating decisions and player behavior around the league. Uh, I mean, we're all kind of critical of things that go on but what perspective can you give us on some of these decisions that have to be made well i i had a, a delightful six years to be director of officiating and i i think uh I, I learned quite a bit but i was able to help coach the officials and so many things come to mind and i'd love for people to know and i was able then to share with coaches this that um, it, it's it's gray. It, it's it's not black and white. And so uh, when you sit and watch and look at something, uh, it all depends on what side of the ball you're on or what team that you're cheering for. Because if you are driving, here's an analogy that I, I try to explain to coaches. 
if the speed limit is 60 kilometers an hour, are you speeding at 61? And, and the coaches will say, no, I'm not going to get a ticket at 61 kilometers. Are you kidding me? But are you speeding? The answer is yes. Should you get a ticket? No. Here's, here's what happens. So all of a sudden, you, you now are comfortable that you might be able to go to 69. And if you were to get a ticket at 69, you still might be upset. But you definitely know you'll get a ticket at 70 or 71. Coaches always push the envelope, and so do players. But now where the disconnect comes, if the officials are going to give you a ticket or throw a flag at 65. And so it, it, it's, it's fascinating. The, the officials do a fantastic job. One thing that fans need to know, they make less mistakes than the players and the coaches. <laughs> and yet they're criticized. They, 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 you know what? They, they lose. The moment that they make one mistake, they're bums. You know, and so it, it's really not fair. So one of my good friends, and I, I had a chance while I was director of officiating, talked to the head coaches all the time. And there was, well, this I had the opportunity to talk to Wally Buono when he's the GM and head coach in BC. He was very upset with one of the officials. He made two mistakes. The official knew that he made the mistakes. He said, you know, he's terrible. We need to get rid of him. And I said, okay, I'll get rid of him tomorrow, Wally. Who would you like for me to put in his place? Oh, and then he asked me the best question you could ever ask an official or the director officiating. He said, how can I help you? And I said, Wally, and I, 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 I congratulated him on the best question he might ever have asked in his life, or I felt so that way. I said, Wally, have your players know the rules and have your players play by the rules. And then all of a sudden the officials become invisible. And you know what? It's really a shame because I watch games differently now, and I actually cheer for the officials. There's three teams on the field. And so there's, there's the home team, there's a visiting team, and then there's the set of officials. And we have, we have seven officials in a CFL game, and they're watching 24 players uh, in, on every single play. Um, and I can go into a lot more detail, but I think that's, that, that, that covers it pretty well. Well, I, 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 love, I love that explanation. Now, Tom, I, I'm, we're getting a little bit off topic here, but this is such a great perspective. And look, as, as a talk show host and as someone who is on air, after the Oilers games you get a lot of emotion and sometimes that is directed at officials if they feel the Oilers didn't get a get a call that that might have gone their way have you ever thought and the reason I ask you this is because whenever I've had the opportunity to talk to you talk to Glenn Johnson when he was in that role uh, talk to referees who are retired or or a linesman if they're retired I always get such a great perspective that I wouldn't have heard otherwise. And it makes me kind of go, oh, I didn't realize that maybe that's what the ref is looking at when on TV we see this angle. Correct. Should we, are we not at a point with all the media we have and all the cameras that's, that, that referees, should, should we not get post-game comments from referees? Don't you think that would help to some extent in all sports? It- Absolutely. There's got to be transparency. And one of the reasons that they got uh, six years was as long as I was going to be able to stand there is one of the owners uh, was upset with me because I was being honest. And when we made a mistake, I owned up to the mistakes. And, you know, officials never determine the outcome of a football game until you watch the uh, New Orleans Saints play the uh, 
against the Rams the two years, years ago. ago. Yeah. Because that, that should never have happened. It would never have happened in the CFL. And, but that was, that was a mistake. And I'd still like to say to the players and, and, and the players that I've coached that don't leave it up to the officials to expect to get a break. You make your own breaks. You have 155 plays on average in a CFL football game. Six plays are going to determine the outcome of a football game. Uh, just make sure you make the five, the four of them, that's going to determine the outcome of the game. And um, thank goodness we have officials. You know what? It's a thankless job. The first time I was with the officials as a group, we were in our own training camp, and I asked. It was just a curiosity question. I said, uh, how many times have you actually been thanked for officiating a game? And I was terribly disappointed that there was not a handful of people putting their hands up, uh, you know, saying, yeah, you know what, I, there's one time 10 years ago that the coach said thank you. And so I, I made it, uh, you know, my mission to tell these coaches that, you know what, you, you can do yourself a really great favor. Every once in a while, just say thank you to an official. And the, the, the challenge is, too, you try to grow sport. The only way you grow sport is you still have to have officials. And these young officials, whether in hockey or soccer or football, for that matter, uh, we, we need to respect them. And you know what? It just seems like it's not it's it's not being done. And so then all of a sudden we're yearning for for uh, good officials. Well, good officials start by uh, you know starting out as a youngster and you know having this desire to want to be able to go uh, and, and give back to the sport that they love. Tom Higgins joining us on Inside Sports. The new defensive coordinator for the U of A Golden Bears, Greg Knox, had that role last year. He's joined the Ottawa Red Blacks as their defensive backs coach. Tom, you've lived in this city before. You were GM and coach of the Eskimos. You were the uh, coach for the 2003 Great Cup victory. Uh, and obviously, you know, you mentioned your role with the uh, CFL Director of Officiating. You've worked with the Stampeders and Alouettes. Uh, tell us about this opportunity and why it was one you felt that uh, worked for you? I mean, obviously you, you coached Chris Morris and now you're going to be on his staff, but why this and why now, Tom? Well, uh, a great desire to have the opportunity to get back on the field. Uh, after I was fired with the Montreal Alouettes, um, I came back to Calgary and opened up a little company called the Canadian Football Academy. And so I, it, it allowed me to continue to stay involved in football. We have summer camps and we had combines and leadership sessions, and we even had coaching clinics. And we, we've gone a little bit bigger, but a, a couple of months ago, uh, Chris gave me a call and said, uh, I'd love to have you on staff. And I have, I, I have yearned to get back into coaching. Uh, a lot of people, you know, ask me, oh, I, I assumed you retired. And I, I give them a, a, an answer that's meant to be a joke. Some people get it. Some people don't. I said, uh, I can never retire because I've never worked a day in my life. So uh, <laughs> you, you can't retire. So uh, that's good, Reed, that you got it. Uh, you, you didn't. You fit on the got it side and right. not got it. But uh, it, it's a passion. And it, to, to be able to come back and work with Chris Morris is an absolute treat. Uh, I love what he is doing with the program. He cares, and, and that, that's huge. And he's, he learned a lot. I think, you know, uh, me having the opportunity to coach him, he remembered a lot of things. It's faith, family, and football. 
and you have to have your priorities straight. When you're at university, it's faith, family, school, and football. And you know what? He runs a great program. Uh, any athletes that go into his program, those athletes are going to be better for having been with Chris for four years. I, I just would like to be part of it. And so it, it still gives me an opportunity to, to give back. And, you know, I miss wearing green and gold. Uh, being 11 years with the Edmonton Eskimos, I, I had a lot of green and gold to uh, give away when I left to come back down to uh, be with the Calgary Stampeders. So um, I'm looking forward to uh, adding green and gold to my, my wardrobe. But the ability to be back with a program that I really respect and to be with a coach that I respect a tremendous amount, um, I just think that it's going to be a, a delightful experience. And, Tom, i, I got to ask you one more here. You've worked a, a lot with professional athletes over the last, you know, two to three decades or whatever it's been. How, if at all, will your approach change to dealing with university student-athletes as opposed to CFL athletes? Um, I won't treat them any different, uh, I, and I'm a little bit different on how I even treated the professionals. I truly believe that in the Edmonton Eskimo organization, the culture was that the moment that you come through the doors, you once an Eskimo, always an Eskimo, but when you leave, you're going to be a better person for having been there and experienced how people are treated. And, and how you are respected and how we expect you to do the best that you can and, and represent firstly your family, but then you're representing something that you're bigger than your family is, is the organization. Well, it, it's the same on the, on, the profession, on the university level. The only difference is that uh, they have a huge responsibility to make sure that they work on their grades and they graduate. And that's the only difference. And the other difference is that um, you practice at different times. The same kind of athletes, the same kind of treatment. So really, as far as how Tom Higgins will treat a professional compared to a, an amateur athlete, uh, it won't change one iota. Tom, I'm looking forward to having you back in town. It was a pretty, well, it was a very exciting season for the U of A Golden Bears football team last year. A lot of close games. They got into the playoffs and uh, hopefully even better this coming year. You and I are going to be talking again. Always appreciate your perspective, and you're always very generous with your time. Wish you all the best. Uh, enjoy it. Well, Reed, thank you so very much, and have yourself a great weekend. That is Tom Higgins on the line, of course, former head coach and GM of the Eskimos, as I mentioned, and he's back in town, defensive coordinator for the U of A Golden Bears. And, and with the casting suspension, we started off by talking about uh, Tom's role when he was the CFL director officiating. Andrew writes into the text line, he says, just want to say this is the most enlightening conversation of a uh, director of officiating ever. He should be the director of officiating in all leagues. It's the most positive commentary on officiating that I've ever heard. And he's so correct. Having feedback from officials after each game would make each league better. That is uh, Andrew. Trucker Dave. Hey, I hope things are good, Trucker Dave. He says, uh, hi, Reed and Kellen. Interesting perspective on sport. I'm a 45-year-old player, and I've never went to the other side. Tom has a lot of passion for the game. Yeah, I enjoyed talking to Tom. Uh, you know, he, he kind of had a uh, couple good years with the Eskimos, a couple that were a little mediocre. I, I know some of his ex-players still criticize him for the fake punt in 2004. I, I think most of us have probably just filed that in the memory banks and you move past it after a while. And good for him. I think he's going to do, do a good job with the U of A. Kwaku Boateng is standing by. Well, when we get back, Kellen, it is time, buddy.
Is it time? It is. We're going to do my love letter. Uh-oh. For uh, my love letter to Valentine's Day. And if you have missed it, and you can get more Ooh. on our website, 630chet.com, Zach Cassian has been suspended for seven games for the kick last night against Tampa Bay Lightning. Back after the break. Tuning in tonight after the 7.30 news, we will welcome Eskimos defensive lineman Kwaku Boateng to the show in studio. We've had him on the phone before. He's uh, here today. He has some exciting things going on, and it's been uh, another off-season of change for the Eskimos. So he'll uh, tell you what he's up to, how he's helping to teach the next generation of football players, and also uh, how he feels about new head coach, new defensive coordinator, uh, some new faces coming in to the team. Well, it is Valentine's Day, and if you listen to Inside Sports with any regularity, you know every once in a while I roll, I roll out a love letter, and tonight a very special one. I don't know if there's anything more romantic than this. Here is my love letter to Valentine's Day itself. Valentine's Day. I love you. You are a day of many unexpected gifts, like this peanut butter cup someone left on my desk. Yes, thank you, Secret Admirer. I have a nut allergy, by the way, so thank you for basically nothing. I read that about 150 million cards will be exchanged on Valentine's Day. Or, in my case, zero. On Valentine's Day, you never know when love is going to come. Cupid could shoot you with an arrow at any time. Speaking of which, Cupid, enough with the arrows. You've been firing them at me all day. Enough. People spend an average of $5.50 on Valentine's gifts for their pets. Look, I don't care how much you spend on your pet for Valentine's Day. Just make sure it's less than what you spend on your wife. What do I like most about Valentine's Day? Well, I picture happy couples cuddling on the couch listening to Inside Sports and then having sex to the sound of my voice. All my love, Reed Wilkins. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. As Zach Cassian has been suspended seven games for the kick last night, Roy says Zach Cassian looks like a choir boy. 
compared to George Peros. First, the refs wouldn't protect Cassian from two vicious cheap shots from that puke Kachuk. So Cassian had to stand up and protect himself, resulting in a questionable suspension. Now this, no intent to injure, no injury. Used his skate, sure, should definitely be a game or two, but seven? Maybe Peros took too many headshots when he used to play. Totally unfair and needs to be appealed. Wake up, punchy. And I think Roy is calling George Peros punchy, not me. Roy, appreciate the passion. 780-496-0063. The Fizzler making a long overdue appearance on the text line. He says, I told my special lady that her Valentine's gift was listening to the sweet sounds of inside sports. This may not be my most successful Valentine evening. <laughs> that is from the Fizzler, who is a uh, who is a wonderful human being, who I will acknowledge on Valentine's Day. All right, uh, quick NHL score update. Finals, Penguins over the Canadians 4-1. Rangers beat the Blue Jackets 3-1. Hurricanes knock off the Devils 5-2. Late in the third, the Jets now trail the Sharks 3-2. If the Jets win that one, they would jump back into a playoff spot. Might not happen. The Oil Kings trailing Regina 2-1 late in the first period. All right. Pleased to be joined in studio by defensive lineman for your Edmonton Eskimos. Kwaku Boat Tank in studio. Kwaku, it is great to see you. Thanks for coming in. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much, Reed. Is it now, what, two years under your belt in the CFL? I just I just finished my third year. You just finished your third year. Yeah, Where yeah. does the time go? It feels like it just it just evaporates, and it's so fast. It's, 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 but it's been a great experience here in Edmonton, to be honest with you. Well, you've been fun to watch. Uh, I mean, people love the guys that can get after the quarterback and, and get some sacks, and you've you've done your fair share of that for sure. Uh, but you're doing – we're going to talk about a lot of stuff with you, but you're working on some – and you know what? <laughs> Fans love this because you're doing stuff in the community and you're helping future football players, whether they play in the CFL or not. Tell us a little bit about your, your camp here. Yeah, um, it really just came, that, came down to the fact that this is my first time ever being in Edmonton during the offseason, during the winter, and um, I have another year here, maybe hopefully a bit more, but um, I really wanted to make an impact on the community instead of just staying at home and training. I really wanted to get out there and meet new people and um, make an impact, and uh, for the past six months, I've been working on a brand that's really dedicated on ins- aspiring, uh, sorry, helping, improving, aspiring young pass rushers learning the game. And right now, I know a lot of parents are very um, anxious or very scared of having their their kids play football um, because of concussions or whatnot. But when you really look at it, there's two positions that, well, there's one position that that's the highest paid, which is quarterbacks. We all know quarterbacks is the cream of the clock. Everyone wants to be a quarterback. But no one really thinks about what's the second most important position. Maybe I might be biased, but I think the pass rusher is the, most important, the second most important. And when you look at it statistically, whether it's the NFL or CFL, um, pass rushers are the second highest paid position outside of being a quarterback. So if you're going to have your kid play football in general, I would suggest them be a pass rusher. And that's why I created a brand um, called Sacks for Racks, and it's really just dedicated on helping young kids learn how to rush the passer. And the first ever camp that I'm running is happening in March 27th at U of A Foot Field Dome. Um, and it's geared towards 13-year-olds to 18-year-olds. Um, and I just would love to have kids come out, come out and support the cause. And um, it's really just stemmed between three things. Uh, the first thing is providing a camp, a premium camp that's affordable, um, affordable for everyone. And as the years go by, I want to make sure that the price um, stays that way or it, it's effectively um, inexpensive. 
And the second piece is that for the people that can't afford the camp itself, I want to make sure that you're able to bring in generous amounts of canned goods and non-perishable items because at, at the end of every camp, I actually want to I want to encourage you bring um, those items so I can bring them to the local food banks or whatnot. And the third thing is that all the proceeds from these camps um, will be going towards post-secondary institutions. So in, in regards to student-athletes, um, I want to... So there's four divisions in Canada in terms of football. There's the West, where right. the U of A is, the OUA, where I played at right. Wolf Laurier University, the AUS, and then lastly, Quebec. And my goal is to really embody what Saks for X is all about. It's providing... I want to provide $1,000 to each um, pass rusher in each division. So let's say if you're in... Let's say if I play for U of A, Bears and I had 10 sacks and I led that division in sacks, I would actually reward you with $1,000. And then um, if that 10 sacks is good enough to cover, to be the best um, sack record for that for that whole country, you'll get additional $1,000. The only caveat to it is that that $1,000, that money has to go to, to your education or go to um, your training if you're in your fourth year getting ready for the CFL or NFL Combine. But the end goal is really for it to be community-oriented um, and for the kids to have fun and actually learn the game for yeah. me, and I just want to make sure that I'm I'm creating an impact for the kids. Wow, you're diving right in. This is okay. So when's your camp again? Um, March 27th. All right, and uh, what is, you want 13 to 18 year olds? Yeah, 13. How to many spots year do you have? Um, limits to 93. Okay. Um, ironically, because of my number. That <laughs> well, makes sense. And how do how do people uh, sign up? Do you have a website or what yeah. are you doing? Um, the website is www. dot So that's S A C K S. Yep. Four F O R. Racks, R-A-C-K-S, dot com. All right. Well, this this is awesome. So a chance to learn yeah. from, a, from a pro football player for basically junior high and high school kid, kids in the area, saxforracks.com. And clearly you've got some business acumen here. Yeah. Was, um, that, was that what you studied, or you just liked that part of it? Yeah, I went to Rofalo University for the Honors BBA program there. Um, I focused in accounting and minored in economics, and I had um, the pleasure to work with a lot of great firms like PwC and Sun Life Financial throughout my co-op program, um, and I've learned a lot. And obviously, football right now is my bread and butter. But um, whenever I get the opportunity to be able to not only reach out to the community but also use those business skills, um, I think it's it's just a great opportunity. All right. Well, Kwaku, that, that's awesome you're doing that. So, saxforracks.com, and uh, still till March 27th, so people can, can take a yeah. look at that. Good for you for doing that and, and helping the food Thank bank. You. And a lot of people ask, what are racks? Right, and okay. Racks are slang, is slang. I want to clear it up. So racks is slang um, for... Um, Money in denominations of thousand dollars. So let's say if I I uh, owed let's say if I owed you Reed uh th- um a thousand dollars, I'd say I owe you a rack. Or if I no owed one's you ever two- said that to me. That's, that's never happened. <laughs> <laughs> or if someone owed you five thousand dollars, they would say Reed, I owe you five. Oh, you'd be like, dude, you owe me five racks. So that's it's sacks for racks. So as you get more sacks, as you accumulate more sacks, you should get more racks. You should get more money. And that's why I want to, um, once the camps get big enough, I want to be able to actually live by that name. That's awesome stuff. Sacksforracks.com to, uh, to learn how to get after the quarterback from Clay Kubotang himself. <laughs> let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about life as a football player, life on the field. Uh, the last season... You guys went eight and ten. You got into the playoffs. Really impressive playoff performance in Montreal uh, to get the win. I mean, Trevor Harris was was remarkable. Dynamite. Yeah. Uh, you know, you guys got a lot of important stops on defense. Uh, uh, a really good Hamilton team was able to beat you guys in the East final. And then, as a player, you see everything that happens in, in the week after, including with Jason Moss being let go as head coach. I mean, when you see your coach 
you know parting ways with the organization as it's uh, as it's often termed these days. Just kind of take us through everything that week for you garbage bag day seeing jason yeah. go all that kind of stuff it's it was extremely tough to be honest with you reed um the, the main thing is that coming into even free agency i was really hyped um i remember it being a snow day back home and i was able to just sit at home on the couch and just go through twitter and instagram and see um the, all the great players that we were bringing in so i was looking forward to the season um and i think that the season definitely had highlights um it just didn't end the way we wanted it to and coming into the league, all I know, all I known was Coach Moss as the head coach, and he did a great job. Um, I never felt any way. I, he, I think he did a great job as a head coach, and um, he really helped um, unite everyone. The chemistry in the locker room was amazing throughout the three years I was there. So obviously, seeing him be let go is was tough, and that's why I was I was excited for him to um, get a new contract with the Rough Riders and. Um, and I, and I wish him the best. But ultimately, the, the end goal is to win games and, more importantly, to win championships. And uh, ever since I got here, um, I know that that's the mentality, and that's why I love the fans here because they're so supportive and they're so real. Like, they really care about us to a point where... Um, <laughs> to a point where when we lose, you feel it. But when we win, it, you also feel it. So I love that energy. You got a new defensive coordinator, Noel Thorpe. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if how much you've been able to talk to him yet, but you've... You would have had the Eskimos offense playing against his defenses yeah. and seeing what they're doing. What do you What do you expect from Noel here? I'm excited. I actually just hopped off a call with him this past week. Um, he seems excited. Um, he this is he's this is not on unknown ground for him. He's been here before, and I think that he's determined. And um, I'm excited to uh, be coached by him, learn new philosophies under him, and I think that his resume speaks for himself. Right, and uh, I think he's going to come here and really impact the game for us defensively. And um, at the end goal, like the the end goal is to stop quarterbacks, stop passes, stop the run, and uh, make it easy for our offense. I was I was very surprised Scott Milanovic was hired as head coach. He'd been in the NFL for the last few seasons, and you know that is the best league in the world. Um, But he decided to leave the Jaguars and come here when the rumors were first circulating. I was like, okay, whatever, someone's Mm -hmm. throwing this out there, and then it stuck to the wall, and Milanovic became the. Uh, the the head coach. Uh, so again, you know, your reaction when you heard it was going to be Scott as the new guy in charge. Um, realistically, like you said, it just shows it just shows how how big the Edmonton market is, and more importantly, how 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 big the fans are. Right, the fact that he's able to go from Jacksonville Jaguars and NFL being quarterback um, coach to come down here and be come up here, sorry, and be the head coach for us um, in Edmonton. That means that he he really loves it here um, and he sees the potential here, and that that's what I love. Right, the fact that um, we were able to grab him is great, and I and I have trust in Brock Sutherland, um, and I, I'm excited to see where things go. And I remember the last time he was here, uh, not here, but in CFL he took the Toronto Argonauts to a great cup so I hope that we also go to a great cup coming up soon yeah Kwaku can you stick around of course say to the end of the show if you have any uh, questions for Kwaku Boateng of the Edmonton Eskimos you can text him to 780-496-0063 pretty cool chance for you yeah, don't listeners be shy. To, uh, to interact <laughs> with, uh, with an Eskimos player directly and he said it don't be shy anything you want to know he'll answer it again Zach Cassian has been suspended for seven games for the kick on Chernak last night against the Tampa Bay Lightning more on that on 630ched.com the Oilers do play tomorrow and Sunday and some guests on Inside Sports, including Kwaku, get gift certificates to Northern Chicken, bringing down South Comfort Food to Edmonton with their creative take on Southern Classics spun with a modern twist. Back after the break.
Panthers tomorrow on 6.30, Chet, 12.30 face-off show. The game will start at 2. Zach Cassian suspended seven games. They've officially put McDavid on injured reserve and called up Marcus Granlin. The Oilers are 10-5-2 since Christmas. Florida struggling lately, 1-4-1 in their last six. Kwaku Boateng from Yervin Eskimos is in studio. If you'd like to learn how to get after the quarterback... From a guy who does it for a living, SacksForRacks.com. His camp is March 27th for kids age 13 to uh, 18. So definitely check that out. Kwaku, uh, so you went to Wilfrid Laurier. Mm-hmm. You grew up in Milton. Yep. And, uh, but you were born in uh, in Ghana, was it? Yeah. yeah. And what brought you to Canada? Yeah, so my father, um, I, I get most of my ambition from our father. Uh, he left Ghana when he was 21 or 22, and he just wanted a better life. He just wanted to experience um, a new life, and he came out here. He was working several jobs, and when he went back home, he actually met my mom at church. Um, romantic for Valentine's Day, actually. Perfect timing. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and then uh, they got married a few years later, and um, I popped out in 1995. <laughs> so um, by the time I popped out, my dad was a Canadian citizen. So back then, I'm, I'm sure it still stays true today, but um, when someone's a Canadian citizen, it doesn't matter where his uh, his child is uh, born or whatever, right. he automatically becomes Canadian citizen, right? So I got my Canadian passport and everything, and my dad sponsored over my mother and his brother, and we all came out here when I was two and a half. So I don't remember anything from back home, uh, but we moved to Toronto, lived there for a bit, and then moved to Mississauga, and then in grade seven, we moved to Milton, and that's where I would like to say I usually, that where I grew up. Now, why football for you? There would have been a lot of options for yeah. a, a young Kwaku Boteng, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Funny enough, I wanted to play soccer my whole life, because my, uh, my uncle and my father all played soccer and um, that's something that I wanted to do but I was too aggressive in soccer way too aggressive and then when I went to grade 9 my good family friend was like dude you need to go play football you need to try football and I'm like man football is too aggressive it's kind of like it's not I don't know about that and I started off playing wide receiver and I led the team in receptions with four and <laughs> four receptions, four receptions. Well, how old was this <laughs> in grade 9 so you guys ran the ball so like, a lot. No, just pure running. <laughs> four receptions in and like led probably the, eight or ten games or something. Yeah, eight games. Four receptions led the team. Led wow. the team. That's my <laughs> that's my claim to fame. Um, and then the following year, uh, it was a different coaching staff, and he's like uh, Coach Luciani. Uh, he actually passed away a few years ago, uh, but um, he's the he's the reason why I played defensive end. He came in, and he said, "You look like uh, Chima," and Chima was a defensive end that actually played in Montreal. He used to play at Wolf Laurier. Um, and uh, he's like, you remind me of him. I want you to play defensive end. And I switched over to defensive end. I was kind of hesitant at first because I liked scoring touchdowns or getting four receptions. Right. Um, and then when <laughs> I you first... You might touch the ball more now <laughs> as a defensive player. That's getting the odd fumble Yes, recovery. that's true. That's true. The four receptions. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, and then the first time I got a sack, I was like, oh my gosh, this is so much better than... A reception. This is like this is like unheard. This is amazing. And I continued playing defensive end. And ironically, thanks um, due to uh, Coach Luciani, who had a lot of um, background with Laurier Wolf Laurier University. I went to Wolf Laurier University, and I met Chima a few years later, and uh, everything just came full circle. Uh, are you uh, Steve wants to know? There's a soccer player named Jerome Boateng. Are you yep. related? Yeah. So Jerome Bo- um, Boateng and. Uh, uh, and Kevin Prince Boateng, um, no, we're not related, but Boateng is very, uh, I don't want to use the word prestigious because it find, sounds elitist, but um, <laughs> it's a very popular last name in um, Ghana. Okay. Um, and, uh, yeah, no, so we're not So it's a relatively related. common name. Yeah, like, common, okay. yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
That's interesting. Uh, another uh, texter says, what has it been like staying in Edmonton through the winter? Cold. <laughs> Very cold. Uh, how did I know you were going to say that? <laughs> one, for one week, it was cold. One week. Cold. My mom called me um, earlier this week and told me it was positive three or positive five. And it was negative 15 here. But it's it's a different cold, so I'll give you guys that. It's a very different cold. It's not a, um, as long as you cover yourself up, it's not a terrible cold. What did you do today for physical activity? Weights, running, power, what do you do? Yeah, so t- right now I'm training out of EATS, um, Elite Athlete, um, Athlete Training Systems based out of Spruce Grove. Um, the head boss is Brad, and this, this offseason um, has been amazing. Just training with him, he really focuses on being able to utilize your body and be able to, um, it sounds weird, but being able to lift your own body weight. Because a lot of times you're able to lift heavy weights or dumbbells, whatever, but you can't trans- translate down to the field. Uh-huh. So we're doing a lot more like like explosive movements and being able to like do pull-ups more than like five of them right on your with your own body weight and it sounds silly because you're like oh well body weight is not hard but really think about lifting your own body weight several times and you'll really get gain an appreciation for it so um i feel amazing right now and um training at eats has been amazing all right well you look like you're in good shape and you're ready to go for the <laughs> start of the Thanks season uh which checking is, me out on valentine's day i appreciate uh, it <laughs> okay we're quicker we're a little tight on time but this texture says i have two boys a 15 year old quarterback and a 17 year old wideout. any advice for the 17 year old as he tries out for the huskies that's the junior team he's he's a wide receiver okay well um since I, with my experience of four receptions, I would say, <laughs> I would say honestly, um, if that's something that he wants to do and he's determined on to uh, on doing that, um, just stay focused and be confident. One of the first things I learned from Odell Willis when I first got here was confidence. He said, um, "You'll you'll soon realize that football is not even about your your talents. It's about the people that can really." be confident in themselves and believe in themselves and say that they're the best, even though they may not be the best right now. You really need to believe that because if you don't believe that right now, no one will. So um, if there's something I can give you um, for uh, for him going to that tryout, I hope that I hope I wish him the best, but it really comes down to d- determination and work ethic and lastly, confidence. As long as he works hard and has that confidence, he'll be great. Okay, this is a heavy question, but I, it's going to have to be a really short answer. Okay. And, I, and, I, and I, I'm not sure how big a uh, how big religion is in your life, but okay. for some pro athletes, it is big. Yep. Uh, this texture, same texture says, football and faith have a very strong connection. How hard is it to walk a godly path as a professional athlete? I think it's not, it's not tough. And I think that that kind of gets conflicted. It's not tough. It's about playing football within its limits um, and with, with between the whistles, but also remembering that the person in front of you is also a human being and your end goal is to win and be competitive. But um, I, when I go out there, my intent is never to injure you. My intent is to beat you. So Kwaku, you uh, you're a very well-spoken young man. Again, saxforracks.com. You're yep. going to be running uh, a camp for defensive for defensive linemen? Well, no, not defensive linemen. Or lineman. anybody. Anybody. Anybody in sorry. general. Uh, March 27th, but saxforracks.com to get more information. We'll, we'll have to have you in again. I mean, you're very <laughs> intelligent, good. very well-spoken. <laughs> you, like, you like to laugh, which I do as well. Uh, we're going to quickly update the scoreboard here. The Sharks beat the Jets 3-2. Costly loss for the Jets. Penguins over the Canadians 4-1. Rangers beat the Blue Jackets 3-1. Hurricanes over the Devils 5-2. In the Western Hockey League, after the first period, the Oil Kings trail the Pats 2-1. The Oilers play tomorrow and Sunday. 
So we got a 12.30 face-off show both days. 2 o'clock game start both days. Panthers tomorrow, Hurricanes on Sunday. Cassian suspended for seven games. Good thing he's not a football player quicker. That'd yeah. be half the year. No, this... <laughs> that's a long time. That's a lot of money too, God. <laughs> that, that's a good point. Thanks for coming in. No, thank you. Kwaku Boteng in studio. Dave Campbell's the producer of Inside Sports. Kellen Kennedy is your studio producer. Hey, happy Valentine's Day. Happy Family Day weekend. I will talk to you at 12.30 tomorrow afternoon. Take care. So if you want to join me Friday. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.